at some point or another, we've all heard you can't pour from an empty cup and the metaphor around your oxygen mask and not even metaphorically, that is literally what they tell you to do, right? On the airplane, you can't help other people if you're past the F out. So you better put your mask on first and then you can help other people. And the thing is, I've written about this concept multiple times over the last like five years since I've been drafting the Naptime Empires book, but I don't know that I've recorded a podcast message on it yet. And so today is the day to anchor in the importance of this message because I literally had a can't pour from an empty cup moment with my child in the car just a few hours ago. So what had happened was I got a call in the morning a few hours after school started from the school nurse saying that he was in the office with chills and a fever. And I was like, oh gosh. So of course I went to go get him. First of all, very thankful that I could just go, just go get him. And then I took him by a clinic just to get tested because my other son had also been tested for a different illness earlier this week. And I'm like, is it that, you know, what, what's our care plan? Cause I also don't want my toddler to get sick and whatever. So he tested positive for the flu and he was so, you know, high fever, achy, chills, fatigue, just, I mean, and this just came out of nowhere. I would have said, although doctors and teachers say otherwise, cause they've had all these other students out for the flu and whatever. Anyway, poor guy was very thirsty and his water bottle, you know, he had his backpack and his lunch kits eating lunch in the car and his water bottle was empty. But guess what? I had plenty of water in my cup. So I just asked him to unscrew the lid on his bottle, pass it to me. And then while we're safely stopped at the stoplight, I was able to pour the water from mine into his and still have some left over. And I thought, well, isn't that just a perfect expression of the metaphor? You know, if I had left in a huff and I had an empty cup, then I wouldn't have been able to help him in that moment. And he was so very thirsty and again, overheating and his body's doing what it needs to do to heal and kick this. And so I was so thankful that I had the water and I'm sharing this because again, in the book, I'll talk about this concept more, but it's not hard to grasp and I know you already get it, but I'm just reminding you from outside of your head that self-care, taking care of ourselves in deep, truly nourishing ways, and I'm not talking about like a bubble bath or a massage, although that's great if you love it and it energizes you, but like things like being supported, not being socially isolated, being able to have relationships, connection, creative expression, like even recording this podcast right now to me is part of my self-care because I start to feel discombobulated when I haven't actually messaged outwardly in a while. But taking care of ourselves is the key to sustainable generosity. We can't take care of other people when we are, I mean, we can, but we're going to be resentful, grouchy a-holes while we do it. And I don't know about you, but I don't love it when somebody's trying to do something for me and I can tell that it's putting them out, but they just won't say it. Like they don't really want to be doing it, but they feel like they have to be doing it. And then it's like, might as well not. It's like, here's a poison cookie or something, you know, like, or it's got dirt all over it or something. Like you don't want that cookie. You don't want someone offering something to you that they don't genuinely freely want to give, right? And so the same goes for our kids, for our clients, for our partners and whatever. Taking care of yourself is the ticket to sustainable generosity because that flow, that energy, the capacity that we have, it comes from somewhere. So I just wanted to anchor this in because it was so literal and in my face literally today in the car that I knew it was just time to go on the record to say, if you 
for some reason, I mean, this, this is something I've actually been embodying for a while. I don't have a problem when people call me selfish. I'm like, great. Cause I need to take care of myself because I have now three children and creative aspirations and a husband and sisters and parents and friends that I want to be able to be there for and support. Like I know that it's key for me to take care of myself so that I can show up for my life and my people the way that I want to. But I know that this is actually still a struggle for lots of people. And maybe at some point it was for me. I don't know. Maybe I just, whatever this, I used to not like it. If people call me that, I will say I used to not like it. I used to feel like selfish was a word I wanted to be allergic to and never, never acknowledge if someone said I was selfish, that was like the worst thing. And now I'm like, okay, you know, because to me, that means honest. And I want people to be honest with me. I want people to, you know, you can trust when someone's actually going to, if you might consider someone to be selfish, at least you know that you can count on them to be in integrity with what they actually want to do. You know what I mean? So this is a blend of the oxygen mask and the selfish tag, which I have so much more to say on this in the book. But it's just, what's the, what's the alternative? To be selfless is to like abandon or reject yourself or to ghost yourself. But you're not a shell. You're a whole, full person. And if you are not prioritizing your energy, your capacity, and your life force, no one else, we can't do that for you externally. We can't do that for you. Like, I can't do the push-up for you. I can't eat for you. I can't sleep for you. There are basic, I'm not talking about push-ups. I really am horrible at push-ups. I don't even, yeah, I'm not saying that literally like we have to do (laughs) push-ups to be able to show up for people. I'm just saying it's an inside job taking care of ourselves. Well, yes, I am all about in community and connection and everything. It's an inside job. It has to start. We have to prioritize it knowing guilt-free that it's actively required, necessary, prerequisite to being able to take care for others in a sustainable way. Because burnout is a thing, not just in business, obviously, but in parenting and in life and and caregiving, especially. And I just shared in another podcast episode with, we've had lots of cooties circulating this school year. It's been a, a real challenge. And to be the primary parent on deck, there's a sneeze. I don't Oh, two sneezes. I don't know if you can hear it. Don't worry. It's not contagious through the phone. Um, It's a lot. And so every chance that I get every day where everyone's healthy enough to go to school, I'm like, love it, thankful, soak it in every bit of joy. And I have another episode on this called savoring like the full cheese moment. But when stuff is going pretty easily, or it's just flowing and it's clicking or something hilarious happens or something really interesting, it just just gets you like clicked in and turned on to life, savor that ish and store it up so that you can get some juice from it in times that are hard and overwhelming. Okay, this was all over the place, but I hope that the message is is making sense because the whole point is just, again, taking care of ourselves is the key to sustainable generosity. It's not selfish in, a, in the way that we've been taught to think of selfish, which is like antisocial, you only care about yourself kind of thing. I mean, especially if you're a parent and a business owner, you naturally care about other people. You care about being in service and showing up for other people. Like it's just, it's done. You're not going to be that kind of selfish where you don't care about other people, period. It's not who you are. So the kind of selfish I'm talking about is like, you gotta, you gotta know 
you have to take responsibility for knowing what you need, what gives you energy, and just do whatever you can do to prioritize that in big and small ways so that you can show up for other people when they need you with an empty water bottle. All right, I hope you're doing well over there and that you're like, hmm, okay, we're doing fine right now, but I'll, I'll save that, keep that in mind for later. I hope you don't actually need this right now, but that's also kind of the perfect time to be storing up, storing up your self-care nuts for winter. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, technically that was the end of the episode, but since you're still here, one, I'd love to thank you for spending part of your day with me, and two, I'd love to ask you if you would take 30 seconds, maybe 60, to leave a rating and review in your podcast app before you tap out today. If you've already done that, it's amazing. Please send me a screenshot so I can thank you personally, and know that sharing this episode with a friend has the same magical powers, and I deeply appreciate both. Also, in case you're listening to the end to see if I ever actually introduce myself, hi! My name is Nikki Elledge Brown. I'm the host and author of Naptime Empires and this here on Her Terms podcast. You can find me around the internet at Nikki Elledge Brown in most places, but what you may appreciate most is actually over at onherterms.com. It's what I call the insider library. It's where you can get inside scoop, first listen rights, email updates every time there's a new episode, and then special insider only bonus content. It's all over in our private feed. Okay, that's a wrap for real. I'll meet you in the next episode.